This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, everyone. This is Terror Talk with Shannon and Kathy. Hi there. Hey, how are you? Um, good. Good. Good to see you. <laughs> Um, today on the show, we are going to discuss uh, Lori Vallow and the deaths of Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow, which is the reason why Lori Vallow came to infamy, right? Is the uh, disappearance and then death of her two children. Uh, two of her children, actually. She has more than two. Uh, one of the things I wanted to say right out of the gate is a little disclaimer that we always say on sev- on certain episodes is that this episode contains our opinions. Neither one of us are working on the case, working with anyone in the case. This is all our, um, this is going to be a discussion predominantly about psychology and our impressions, right? So mm-hmm. I just want to throw that out there. For So for those of you who may be um, experts on the case or experts on the details of the case that is not what we're doing i actually wanted to super quick before we get into it say that if you want a pretty great and pretty fun breakdown of the details of the case like with a whiteboard and picture so you know sort of what happened before each thing because it's extremely complicated about seven months ago uh Bailey Sarian, who has a YouTube channel, and this particular video has almost 3 million views right now, and it came out in February. It's entitled, Missing Children Uncovers a Strange Timeline of Events, and it's Bailey Sarian. And what she does, she's awesome. If you like true crime, she's awesome. I got turned on to her by a couple of people in the Terror Talk podcast Discord. And what she does is she talks true crime and she does her makeup. And she's super cute also. Cool. Yeah, she's awesome and smart. And uh, I would say go to that video, watch that video because it's fun. But it also gives you a totally detailed breakdown of all the timeline of events because we're not doing that. All right, Kathy, where would you like to begin? I would like to begin by saying if I were going to cast somebody as Lori Vallow Please. in a movie, yes. it would be Sherry Moon Zombie. <laughs> okay. For a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. And part of it is, you know, we're doing research for our Halloween series, you know, comparing the two. Absolutely. Right? <clears throat> and I actually, when I when I watch Sherry in certain roles, she can be really annoying, but at the same time, she's really... It, she's super aware of the choices that she makes. I actually think she's really good. Okay. Um, it's just that she comes off like, you know, she's never acted before, but I actually think she makes really intentional choices sometimes. And I was watching the, the Halloween from 2018, um, the, the Rob Zombie one or 2017 or whatever it was. And I'm thinking, my God, because I was prepping for this. I'm like, if they were to ever do a story on her, because Lori presents all like that very over the top. And then we're going to talk about her presentation, but I just wanted to share that because that's like, like <laughs> what I picture. I'm like, if I were to do the casting, so because <laughs> I feel like she would, she would nail this part. 
Yeah, no, and she's the age range. Um, she's a tiny bit older, but like yeah. totally the age range. Um, in actress years, she's younger, so it's fine. Yeah. Um, no, I can see that. I'm looking at her picture as you're talking, and I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, this is you and I were talking about this before we started recording, and this is going to be one of those shows where I think you and I are just going to shoot the shit a little bit mm-hmm. on this case because it's to me it has felt. And I found myself when I was re- researching the case feeling really like disorganized and everything felt very disjointed because there's so much we don't know. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's more about having a conversation first. Uh, we're talking about a, a female who's potentially a sociopath, which is rare. We're usually talking about men who kill their wives or men who, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the the major series we've done have been on Bundy and Iceman and Ramirez, but it's really rare to have these cases where we're looking at women. And then also the way they present, um, if, we're, if we are dealing with a sociopath, the way that she presents, um, it's not that it's incredibly different from or entirely dif- different, I should say, from from men, except that I still think with um, in society, even as a sociopath, there's going to be certain gender things going on that she just presents differently. Um, you and- bet. I mean, and then like you said, we're dealing with a potential sociopath. We just really we don't, don't know. know because there's know. a couple of different options, right? I mean, there's a there's a there's a couple of choices of what's going on here. It's like absolutely someone is actually actually. Um, actually delusional, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I think is an outlier choice. Um, and so, or one of the two of them, meaning Lori and Chad, mm-hmm. one of the two of them, someone is fibbing mm-hmm. and, and conning the other, mm-hmm. or they're both fibbing together. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like those are my my options. Absolutely, and, I just, and then we don't. None of us know which what is true. We do not. And so, where the delusional disorder, I think, could certainly fit in is let's talk a little bit about briefly, Mm -hmm. her early life. Great. So, and here's a disclaimer I want to make as well. We're going to be talking about her faith and her background, and I am by no means making any blanket statements about the Mormon community. I've had people in my life who are Mormon. This has nothing to do with, like, I'm making statements about the faith. However, just like in any religion or spiritual affiliation or religious affiliation, there are going to be extremists and they're going to people be people who use their religion and weaponize it. There's certainly tons of Christian extremists that yeah. it, all of us could name that For are sure. in the news all the time. So yep. I, I hear you. We're not talking about Satanists, Christians. Yeah. I mean, you name them, they're out there. So, but I want to mention, uh, and I think it is relevant to bring up the fact that she grew up grew up Mormon because it is a very community based faith, part of her culture and culture informed yep. personality. So I've also had clients of mine who have left the Mormon Church and have had a lot of trauma from the people that they were exposed to, and a lot of the conning and brainwashing in their specific church that they dealt with. Now, again, we'll talk about Melanie Gibb in a little while and how she talks about how clearly that exists in the faith, but there's you know, major parts of the faith that that does not exist. You bet. So just want to be clear there. So she grew up Mormon. Um, she, she and her brother, Alex, um, both ended up engaging in antisocial behavior early on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there was just a lot of like law breaking and sort of, mm-hmm. um, you know, just not a lot of co- like pro-social type behavior, even as like a kid and teenagers and things like that. Okay. And one of the reasons why this probably happened was allegedly 
um, the parents were were antisocial in the sense that they were not law abiding at all. They oh. believed they were above the law. Um, the father dodged taxes. He was very anti-government, and we know that sometimes it's appropriate to be anti-establishment. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about people who don't feel like they need to pay taxes or follow the law, or follow, right? right? So he was very anti-government in that sense. He felt he was above the law, likely narcissistic, but maybe even sociopathic is what I've been reading. So if you think there is early attachment or lack of attachment... So I'm assuming that she probably lacked an appropriate like identity development mm-hmm. um, and because her life was filled with lies, deceit, and indifference. So we're setting up someone who early on, lying, cheating, stealing, antisocial behavior is normalized, sensationalized, and just part of her day-to-day. So let's go back to maybe what you, you and I were saying earlier, which is, is this delusional is it sociopathic? I, it's hard to say because if she grew up and certain things were normalized, I could certainly see her really learning how to believe her stories in a way, whether it's you know self-preservation or uh, a break from the psyche that she has developed this narrative and it is her truth and she really did believe that the kids were somewhere else. But she had early exposure to very, very dangerous parents. Yeah, I mean, psychologically, just from doing this show and also in our in our practice and in our education, you know, just knowing that when I was breaking out like, well, either one's conning the other or one's a con and one's not and whatever, it, it's like that, knowing that about her developmental stages and her attachment stuff and and her early psychology obviously leans you towards oh she's she's got an observing ego that is mindful in this situation that's the bias i'm not saying that's what's happening but the bias is oh it started early and she had a messed up family and so that means that that's like an indicator you know Mm -hmm. that's an indicator for Mm -hmm. the fact that she um is is in this and is not a victim of Chad. Right. Because that's one of the things right. that people kind of try to look at is, oh, Chad's the cult leader right. and she just got conned. And I imagine that's what her defense will be. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so. Yeah, this- no, for sure. And so, you know, you look at that and you go, is this somebody who is also attracted to other con artists because these are the, you know, when right. we talk about attachment theory, we talk about how do people then go into the world and form interpersonal relationships based on what they know early on or even neurobiological. I mean, when you look at attachment theory in psychodynamic work, there's when people say psychodynamic work is not evidence-based, I cringe because there's so many neurobiology studies around attachment theory mm-hmm. and the importance of, you know, mirroring and and things that actually happen to the brain early on. So um, we don't know how much of that early attachment actually wired her to be very attracted to like-minded individuals like Chad, because we know there there are things about him or did she may, does he maybe resemble her father at all? So all of that's there. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Who knows? So we're looking at um, someone who is very well-versed, but again, we all. What I was going to say is, we also don't know anything about protective factors. So we know the, all these risk factors, which what we what we call 
static risk factors. These are historical pieces that cannot be changed. She grows up in an environment like that. She has parents like this, attachment. All of these factors are now ingrained and cannot be changed. What we don't know is, was there anything in her life that maybe protected her from becoming this? Right. Or was she the child that ended up holding all of this? And is this a delusional disorder because... She actually isn't the sociopath in the family, but had to believe this to survive, right? Mm-hmm. So it becomes sort of like this psychotic break in a sense where she she goes on to believe these things in order to survive and, and function in the world. We don't know that. No. What we do know is there are um, so many random, creepy kind of deaths Oh yeah, that happen. So before we even get there, I just want to give you my... F- how I feel she presents to me okay. when you watch. Yeah. Just from what we see in the news. Her, yeah. Right. So based on everything I just sort of introduced about her, her childhood, um, she certainly lacks empathy. She's very preoccupied by social discomforts. Like uh, they were talking about when she was in jail or in prison, she wasn't worried about her kids. She wasn't thinking, she was worried about dry skin, roaches in the jail, really surface, like the last thing you'd be thinking about if you were in prison and you didn't know where your kids were, or you thought, let's say she's delusional and she thinks she knows where her kids are, but she's separated from them. Well, right? it's totally self-preoccupied. Totally self. self-preoccupied, grandiose delusions. So this is a woman who actually believed that she was part of, you know, she and Chad were known as the doomsday couple, right? So very, very important place. And it's all, yeah, very. Um, And it's all, I wanted to throw in just that it's all end of days apocalyptic philosophy. And I want to link that to that is absolutely what Jim Jones was about. That was absolutely what Charles Manson was about is um, the philosophies in their particular cult or their particular um, way they groomed members was about apocalyptic, the end of life and, and the part that they would play. Mm-hmm. So I just want, I just want to throw it out there that that's a really common theme mm-hmm. among cults. Go ahead. Absolutely. So, um, so the grandiose delusions about that right. false. So we don't know if she's feigning or there's a delusional amount of optimism Sure. Right. Um, the way that she speaks. And I was watching this uh, uh, one of the hearings where she was so kind of light and expansive and hyperverbal and, oh, wait, what? What? What do you need to know? Oh, I can. T- I, you know, I'm such they've been coming at me for this for years. I can tell you exactly where the, it, it's this really kind of off off. And delusional. Well, it's incongruent with the situation, right? Like that's Incredibly. always an indicator for us. So we don't know. What we don't know, is it incongruent because she's delusional or is it incongruent because she's gaslighting? Yeah, we, we don't, don't know. know. We don't know. She's expansive. She minimizes the seriousness of what's going on. She's hyperverbal. And then the inappropriate affect. So, you know, it does not match up with the seriousness of not only the the children missing, yeah. but all of this other shit that's been going on that is Oh, yeah, again, creepy. if you watch that, like, uh, timeline, any kind of timeline video, even if you don't want to watch the one that I was talking about from Bailey Sarian, um, if you watch any kind of timeline video, you get the, the depth of, <laughs> of all the shenanigans. And that's why so many timeline videos have been made. Yeah. Because it's hard to follow. It's yeah. extremely hard to follow. So... 
Um, yeah, I hear you. I was also going to say like, oh, and the part where they d- they were preaching that they were gods. Preaching they were gods. Yeah. And um, that part. <laughs> Chad was her fifth marriage. Yeah. Um, and not to judge people who have been divorced or married more than once, but we're seeing it, it's all of this stuff in conjunction. It's the whole picture. It's as the whole we say. picture. <laughs> right. It's not just one of these things. Right. It's um, so. What context. We, context. So. Um, before we go into anything else, I just want to introduce this side piece. Mm-hmm. So there's a woman by the name of Melanie Gibb, who is a friend of Lori. They had met through the church. Yeah. And Melanie, for a long time, refused to listen to, I mean, excuse me, to give any interviews, which I don't blame her. She wanted to be left out. They couldn't find her. They couldn't get a hold of her. And I finally got, I think, one of the first long interviews that she gave and he had even said you know took us forever to get you were you were you trying to hide and she goes yeah i I really this has been really hard is this the dateline interview yeah Yeah. i think so yeah did you watch some of it i watched both dateline shows okay so she um you can tell when you watch it there's clearly more she knows but probably if i were her with all the deaths that have happened I'd be really careful. And well, she indicates that there's a lot more than <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so she presents as you know they were friends, they met, but she also was there when Lori met Chad. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, when they met, he was giving wasn't he was giving like a conference or something, right? Mm-hmm. And they mirrored each other immediately. Yeah, all were, the narcissism, all the narcissism. Oh boy. <laughs> so this uh, is what makes me go back and think does she know what she's doing yeah yeah she, she met her match on this one because we know like that's a i mean let me just stop for a second and say and we've said it before but that is a huge indicator for me in any kind of assessment is does this person know what they're doing or do they not know what they're doing mm-hmm. it's an assessment part of almost every mental illness yeah. too is is are they mindfully um manipulating what they're doing or are they um, delusional and being taken for a ride because of mental illness. And that's right. What you're saying and what I, what I tend to lean towards right now, I don't obviously know Mm -hmm. all the facts, but I lean towards that. They, they know, they know what they're doing, but I think there's a side salad of delusion there. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) No, there's delusion. Mindful, but they're highly delusional in their narcissism. And that isn't always part of it. No, it's not. But but like we've talked about on other shows, one symptom of malignant narcissism can be out of touch with reality. Oh, for sure. Which is why, you know, when we think about some of the court work I do when I'm representing people who are trying to hold on to their kids because they don't want their kids to be with the narcissistic parent, mm-hmm. is being able to argue that one of the reasons this parent isn't fit is because he or she is not in touch with reality. Right. And so, and I guess, absolutely, of course, I agree and know that and, and think it's a, such a huge part of this case. Um I'm just also aware of the spectrum that I think in polite society, there's this spectrum of this word narcissism, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like that person's a narcissist mm-hmm. and I don't want, I wouldn't want people to equate that person's a narcissist with that person's delusional. I just want to no, make sure no, we're no, pointing no. out and the we're spectrum. Also, we're also talking about the difference between people who exhibit narcissistic behaviors or traits versus someone who but might be more oriented towards 
you know, malignant malignancy or even like you said, and that's what I'm saying. It not always, right, but right. some some nar- people who are narcissistically oriented and high up there are out of touch with reality. Well, and that's exactly what everybody's saying about these people yeah. is that they thought they were gods. They believe they, this. Yeah, totally. They believe they this, were so. preaching it to all their friends. I mean, in the interviews, you can you yeah. see in um in the one of the Dateline interviews, they have somebody who was part of their church. Um, and I call it a church because I'm not sure what they called it, but that's a word we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, part of their following and it got out of it and they interviewed her and they talked about it. And so she talked a lot about like all the things that they believe and, and they were preaching all of that, all yep. that end of days yep. were gods. This is a tragic romance that we're involved in, you mm-hmm. know, that all of that mythology, total yes. mythology. And I, and I feel like with this situation, a lot of times you'll see that the, in these religious cults, like the, the male partner, if it's male, female, which it usually is, the male partner is 150% in charge. And it looks like that from the outside, but the more you start to listen to Melanie talk and the more that they start to describe, uh, Lori's marriage to Charles before he's killed, you know, Melanie's like, she was always critical of him, always upset with him, always angry with him. Um, and then she meets Chad and automatically there's this, he's playing her, but she's playing him. And Chad then goes about and set, tells Lori that they had been married in multiple lifetimes. Oh yes. Right. We are something and we are powerful together and we are, okay. So <laughs> heard that a lot. Shannon's <laughs> laughing because this is again, quintessential. Narcissism. I'm just rolling my eyes like, Oh, I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, but apparently, uh, you know, so Dateline's asking Melanie, why, why didn't they get divorced and marry each other? And oh, you mean like average people? <laughs> Right, and I guess due to, to Ch- one of Chad's revelations is that they were not allowed to get divorced. Well, that's part of it, and then maybe this is where you're going next, but they believe that all of these people that they, let's say, they hypothetically, they're accused of killing, mm-hmm. including um, the brother, the ex-wife, the ex-husband, all of the murders that are sort of littering this case and, and informing it, is that they were all zombies and needed to be killed. Yes. That, that this boy her son and her daughter were zombies Mm -hmm. and they weren't actually and she was saying that to the kids she was saying um and to her friends that that isn't jj Mm -hmm. that is a zombie in jj's place and and needs to be killed Mm -hmm. she so but then how do you explain so this is (laughs) where okay this is now where we get into like yeah we're uh, going to the kids in the (laughs) legal insanity right so you look at that and go okay on one hand we're saying she's delusional she thinks that he's a zombie on the other hand she's telling the court they're at my blah blah blah's house yeah whatever they're totally safe Mm -hmm. so is that another can both be true. Can both be true. And it's is, like is, that, a, is, a, is it fragmented? That is her delusion fragmented that much? Or is this the way, again, she's gaslighting and manipulating and moving things around because one can't be true if the other is? Mm. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> so, so if you just, I mean, this, clearly this is all opinion. Oh, yeah. But knowing what we have before we even get into the series of deaths and the children and all of that, mm-hmm. would you look at her right now? And it clearly this is without all the information and we've already set our disclaimer. Do you lean towards this person being legally insane? 
Or do you lean towards this person being a flipping sociopath? God, it's such a complicated question too, because of it my totally is. because of my frame of reference. That's why we're discussing it. But um, I'm I am vacillating between knowledge of how our culture sees women and men <laughs> in straight relationships, and how um, how men can be the the wizard behind the curtain too. Mm-hmm. So. There is, I think it's both. (laughs) I think there is a piece of this case that is probably very wrapped up in being manipulated, um, manipulating each other. Mm -hmm. But like, so if we're just talking about Lori, like being manipulated, but I also believe that she's delusional and incredibly susceptible to that. Mm -hmm. But then I also think within that delusion and within that relationship, because relationships are so key. So it's like without that relationship, would she have ever gotten to this point? It's kind of where I fall down in the question. Like, okay, let's say she was in her fourth marriage and she'd never met this Chad guy. Was she going to, you know, that's the hypothetical is, was she going to go towards this kind of behavior? You know, like if she just met another regular Joe and gotten married for the fifth time, is she going to be the driving force behind this kind of thing and kill her, you know, hypothetically kill her kids or whatever? And we don't know that she did. The Like one of the theories is the brother was the one who mm-hmm. did the hits or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's interesting because I think it's the two of them together, in other words, I, I really believe that the relationship, like we talk about a lot of triggers and like, stuff. Like a folly ado. Yeah, that's exactly the word I was thinking in my head. And mm-hmm. I was like, do I say it? Mm-hmm. Do I not say it? Mm-hmm. Um, tell, do you want to tell the audience what it is if they don't know what it is? <laughs> no, you go ahead. I was, I, I have, um, let me, let me yeah. finish this thought really quick. Um, is that we talk a lot about like circumstances that lead to other circumstances and how, you know, someone who had bad nurture, bad nature as a child, and then protective factors, like what we're talking about. So if like, the regular guys she was marrying were protective factors, they weren't, like she wasn't engaging any of that by favor, let's just say, we just don't know, Mm because I don't know what happened to her ex-husbands, or if she was involved in anything before that. But this, this coming together of her and Chad is where I see a lot of things being born out of. Yeah. So I... I can't, I can't see it as just her, I guess. No, my... and I don't think it is either. I don't think it is. I think, so going back to the folly do, you know, you're thinking of one person, in this case, it was both of them, but for just to define it very simplistically is you have one person who's very ill or delusional and through close proximity and a close relationship with this other, they kind of pull that person into their sickness, into their delusion. And then it becomes sort of like a shared illness. Um, and it is a diagnostic. I mean, it, it, it's very rare, but it is a diagnosis that we use in mental health. Um, it's just very rare. It's you super rare. Yeah. You don't seem to see it, but you know, if you get the perfect storm and we still don't, you know, I don't know much about Chad's background and I didn't really do a lot on him for this, but I would agree that, all of those early risk factors were planted. Mm-hmm. She clearly had 
really volatile relationships with her other husbands, with her family members. There's all this mysterious crap going on. There's brothers dying and husbands getting, you know, murdered and all this stuff. But then she meets this guy who perfectly mirrors her. She's not going to kill him. She's not going to divorce him. It's almost like she's going to consume him Mm -hmm. and he's going to consume her. Yeah, I think I, that's how I feel right now in right. this case. We'll see what's going on in a year, right? Mm-hmm. This could be like we're talking about OJ before we know anything about OJ, right? <laughs> I mean, the trial will happen next year, and I would imagine a whole bunch of stuff is going to happen. These are to- And maybe we'll do a follow-up discussion about it because yeah. where we go, oh, yeah, none of that was real. <laughs> the only thing that doesn't add up for me is if it, if it is a delusional disorder and there isn't any awareness around those delusions – they're pretty good at organizing it enough to know what to say and what not to say. And yeah, I, 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 that's the reason why I'm going with like both and I'm just not sure where, where Chad falls and where she falls and, and how they link together as a puzzle piece. But I definitely feel as if they fall together into a delusion that serves how they want to be in the world, whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, I I definitely agree that it's a little, it's a, it's a bit of both. In other words, I believe that they can control it. Mm -hmm. So that's that difference we're talking about between can you, because we know that people with strict delusional disorder don't control when it happens, where it happens, how it it happens, what they think. And that's sitting with someone with that for you and I, is extremely different than someone who can control it. And it's mm-hmm. a diagnostic tool and it, we write it down and mm-hmm. we know the difference. Um, and I, I so uh, in answer to uh, any of the questions that we brought up is that I definitely believe they're in control of it. When they're in the depth of the delusion in the moment, do I believe that they believe it? Absolutely. So that's the nuance. Yeah. And that's what keeps them feeling maybe justified and, you know, it serves the agenda of the manipulation, right? Like, so I really believe this. Oh, and I shouldn't talk about it right now or I should, or here's a, here's just like four bullet points of a little bit of context to what we're talking about. Right. So clearly we know that Laurie and Chatter under investigation for unexpected death of his first wife of nearly 30 years. So she's gone and mother of their, five adult children. So Chad's children, um, the death was ruled as to natural causes, which seems to be kind of the, the thing with a lot of these guys. She was, she was late forties. She had mm-hmm. just been with her family the weekend before she, exercising. Totally healthy. Right. Yep. Went and, to bed with a cough. Yeah. Woke up the next morning dead or didn't wake up. Sorry. Didn't wake up the next morning was deceased. Then we have Alex Cox, who's Lori's brother, who now they're trying to blame the potentially blame. Yeah. The children's deaths are on uh, kills Charles Vallow. So Lori's ex-husband, the most recent one after Vallow allegedly hits him with a bat, Cox calls nine one one. Now, when you look into this, um, apparently Alex didn't have any um, real bad wounds. If you're hit with a bat, Tylee's aunt. So the daughter, Tylee's aunt, um, Annie Cushing, told Dateline that she believes what Lori and and um, Cox told was actually a cover-up. 
and the children went missing because of what they actually knew around this. Yeah. So they witnessed that murder. Right. Right. And I saw the footage of Alex out on the sidewalk. You've seen it with the cop Mm -hmm. where he got hit in the head Mm -hmm. and he's not even. No. 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 And then Lori throws a pool party the same day Charles Vallow was killed. Well, Alex. (laughs) uh, Yeah. And Alex says that Lori wasn't there. And Lori says she was like in the interviews right after it happened. And then, oh my gosh, the here's the thing: the footage of them talking to Lori Vallow on the sidewalk. The, there's mm. footage of the cops talking to the mm-hmm. to her right out, like right after she finds out her husband's been murdered. Mm-hmm. And she's like making jokes about how the neighbors are going to think bad things about yeah. her. Or whatever. She's not crying. She's not. She's and then she's a pool party later in the day. Completely blunted. Yeah. Well, but I'm so now what we know now is that that she thought he was a zombie anyway and sent Alex to kill her. Like, that's what people are saying. Yeah. Right. That's that's what that's what it ends up being crafted to look like. Yeah. It looks like. Yeah. I have this feeling that she will get insanity. Okay. Why is that? Um, I just I feel like. It's just a gut feeling. Well, that I, I mean, have. you know how the courts, courts work um, with it too. So I don't know their. What state are they in, though? Idaho. Yeah, every state works differently. Like in okay. California, we've bifurcated trials, but I don't know. I just feel like sometimes in this situation, I could be wrong. Um, I just feel like she, she, yeah. The, for the reason of all the delusional stuff, mm-hmm. I think that that's what her attorneys will push really hard for. Oh, yeah. I mean, one of the things uh, you guys are listening to this at the end of September, at least that's when we're going to publish this episode. But um, they just are right now talking about um, two things. One is a change of venue because they don't think they can get a fair trial. I mean, everybody does that. You know, anybody who's had any kind of um, infamy in the news. And again, people are obsessed with the details of this case. That's why I can't even go there. It's like, please just watch all the videos with the details of this case because they're obsessed. I mean, it's so it's one of those cases like we have from time to time where it just becomes so sensationalized. So I get it. Change of venue. But I don't think where you where are you going to be able to go? To get a to get that, no. I mean, I mean, again, I I brought up OJ before, but like OJ figured it out and got a trial, and they had jurors, so they can figure it out. They can figure it out. The one thing that they'll have to prove, though, if they are going with the insanity, is that she had a reason to feel a sense of fear for her safety. So, what yeah. is that? The zombies, like. That's, I have no that, idea. That, that's what I'm saying is I think they, they're go- it's going to be challenging for them to get that because what was the perceived fear? Well, and yeah, maybe one of the reasons why. So the other thing that's happening um, right now is that uh, the split trial idea. So l- the news right this week anyway that they're putting out is that Lori, when she goes to trial next year, wants Chad sitting next to her with, through the trial, meaning that they're being tried together. Mm -hmm. She's, she's pushing for that Mm -hmm. right at this moment, guys, like this could change any second, but right at this moment, she's pushing for them to be joined and Chad is pushing for them to be separated and have Mm. a split trial. So, so, that indicates some things, I imagine, mm-hmm. <laughs> that he's going to want to argue that she's insane. 
and leading the train. And she wants to argue that they were a folly ado yeah. and that she was the. Yeah. I mean, I, that's I, just I totally a guess. see that. Yeah. He, um, yeah, he wants, he, he wants to probably present as, I didn't know what I was getting into with this woman. And here we are. Right. And yeah. I, the other thing they're working on is um, combining uh, her misdemeanors and felonies together because she's got misdemeanors in one county and felonies in another. And they want to combine them. So there's a lot of really interesting. This is what I'm saying about like there are details all the time coming out about this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like any other, you know, we don't normally we I don't think we've ever done one before where we've talked about an ongoing case. Yeah, we always talk about cases that are either solved or so unsolved. It's been 40 years. <laughs> so um, this is an interesting thing to be sort of smack dab in the middle of it and them going to trial next year. And we're just talking about what we think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, yeah. To wrap up, I guess. I mean, how does all this sit with you? right now about her yeah about it all i Um, guess like what are your just general impressions my mind always goes to how terrified were those kids and what and what did they go through that you know when they weren't when they were looking for them my first thought was like where are they and what are they thinking and um Mm -hmm. clearly we found out that they were killed but we don't know how long they were captured or what was going on there I think this is just, it's just a really bizarre, creepy story. And I remember right before COVID hit, they were showing them like going to Hawaii mm-hmm. and the kids are fine. They're the, and, and just their whole presentation. And it's really bizarre because like when they were showing them there, they were very stoic and together and didn't want to look at cameras. And then when she has to be on the whole Sherry Moon zombie comes on and you've got this really expansive almost maniacal kind of right you know crazy talk and she goes she it's bizarre no matter what's going on between the two of them you can really see why chad would want to split the trials yes because it's 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 um laurie's brother too that is all wound up in this Mm -hmm. and is going to i mean i'm sure lots of Lots of stuff will change, but at right at this moment, sure looking like he's going to get the, they're going to hang him out to dry. And this is a guy who's already a charming manipulator. Right. So he might be able to work that angle. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a couple of years here with looking at that. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your patronage. Um, I, I imagine we'll maybe even do one or two more follow-ups on this because yeah, this or, is going to go maybe, on a while maybe even on shrink chat oh, we yeah. can update people too on that's what's a great on, idea but. unless they're you know maybe at the end of it all we do another one to to kind of go back but then maybe throughout we'll just keep tabs on this case and talk about it in the shrink chat show so thank you so much for listening this is terror talk my name is shannon and i'm kathy sleep safe everyone We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. Please check out our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.